Can you please stop bothering my kid? Sorry. Arthur, I have some bad news for you. <laughs> this is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. And finally, in a world where everyone thinks they can do my job, check out this guy. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. EliasRoushMedia.com. Today we are discussing Joker. 2019, directed by Todd Phillips, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Two hours, one minute, this crime drama thriller is about a gritty character study of Arthur Fleck, a discarded, uh, sorry, a man discarded by society. Um, Joker is definitely one of the more highly anticipated films of the 2019 year. Of course, this has been a jam-packed year with some of the the bigger headline box off name box office names, um, you know, like the Avengers and Marvel stuff. But let's check out a little bit more of the DC side of uh, cinema. So, Joker. This is the follow up of the last interpretation of the Joker. Maybe wasn't so. Uh, I don't know. Live action and uh, live action was not. Uh, it was not re- highly regarded. It was the Jared Leto Suicide Squad uh, Joker that most people disregard, mostly because the movie was not all that great and he didn't have all that much to do. Before then, we had one of the most uh, notorious performances of the Joker as uh, it was Heath Ledger as the Joker. And not only was it the writing, the direction, all, all I've talked about it in The Dark Knight, um, review just how everything on that movie hits on all cylinders and allows for Heath Ledger to have one of the best performances of, uh, of the century. And so that obviously uh, it means there is a big um, mountain to climb when it comes to trying to compare the Jokers. So we have the the last few Jokers, uh, obviously, like I said, the Jared Leto ones hasn't been was not that great, but the one before that was Heath Ledger, and then the one before that I believe was um, Jack Nicholson, and obviously he's one of the best uh, Jokers uh, that have been on screen as well. So there's been a smorgasbord of Jokers in the past two to three decades that have uh, interpret, interpreted, uh, had an amazing interpretation of the Joker. So, this movie is the Joker, but removed from all of the other cinematic aspects of the Batman universe. So, this is very much just 
what WB is calling it um, a character study, it very much feels like a character study, and you're very much just uh, kind of entrenched in a day-to-day kind of situation with the main character, Arthur Fleck, and you're really understanding what is going on in this guy's personal life that is causing him to uh, have uh, some tremendous stress in his life. Now, there has been tons of, uh, I don't know, articles and different uh, interpretations of this movie uh, inciting incels or giving, um, I don't know, kind of like an olive branch to some of the lowest of society, I guess is what they're trying to say. And I don't know if that's what this movie is exactly doing. Personally, um, before going into the review, I don't feel that this movie is uh, sympathizing. That's what I'm looking for. They're not. Uh, you you definitely feel for the main character, but I don't feel like you're supposed to sympathize with him in a way that a lot of the major news media outlets are trying to portray him as. So I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way. But from a technical standpoint and from a cinematic standpoint and from the fact that this is a $55 million movie standpoint, that it's not one of these uh, Marvel movies uh, that have $200 million, uh, you know, riding behind them, that this is a modest movie that has some amazing acting, some interesting cinematic flares that really make this stand out from other quote-unquote comic book movies. I think this is one of the best-looking movies of 2019. Um, you can hang some of these frames up, just put uh, you know, frames of the movie, and you just put them on, on your wall. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is phenomenal in it, and they give him pretty much every bit of that two hours and one minute to to uh, release his inner acting power. I mean, he he's amazing. Um, I will say the music and sound production was 99% amazing for me, except for one needle drop that I'll talk about in spoiler section. Um, but other than that, I thought the music was amazing. Uh, production design, the, you know, the art and, you know, the way the mood, the cinematography, I thought it just really all worked. Now, there is a part of this movie that does kind of irk me in a way that just, uh, I don't know, it feels quote-unquote half-baked. Now, I haven't talked to too many people that have seen this, and I haven't talked to too many people that have you know, seen it, liked it, loved it, hated it, excuse me. Uh, hated it, Um, but I will say this movie has me thinking. It has me, uh, the wheels turning in my head to think about what, you know, what did I just see, you know, like that, you know, in some parts it's extremely violent, in other parts it's extremely moody, in other parts, um, you know, extremely dramatic. I will say I was never, um, well, I'd say there there is not a part of this movie that has an uplifting feel to it, in my opinion. I feel like this is a very dark, 
tonally, tonally dark movie, and there's not much levity to it. So I, I will say that's probably one of the dings to it. Um, I will say that it probably could have been just a... It, it felt... The pacing in it felt slow to me. However, the the pacing was slow, but toward the end it revved up so much to a point where I was like, wow, I, I almost want to watch more. So um, I guess it's not really a, a negative fault that I want to see more of it, but I there's so much at the end that I was just like, oh, shit, I, I want to see more of this. You know, I'm, I'm excited. Um, so it kind of ends somewhat abruptly in a way, but it also feels... It feels like it ends abruptly, but it also has several different endings in a way. It feels like there's numerous times it could have uh, ended in a way. Um, Also, the overall message of the movie, I will say, is somewhat muddled. Um, I thought I was a little bit crazy walking out of it thinking, you know what, there was something about this movie that just feels like it's missing. It feels like you made like this amazing dessert and you forgot to put an extra egg in the batter or something like that so it just tastes a little bit off or if you put a little bit too much this a little too much that it just, this movie feels like it's missing uh, an ingredient um to me personally and it i'm not sure if it's that through line of needing that um comedic relief like a movie i just saw recently was uh midsummer and it, it's it's a horror movie that takes a place pretty much dur- during the whole day but i found myself in it a couple times chuckling. I never felt like there was almost any time in this movie. I mean, maybe one one or two times I I might have you know like heh, you know it, it. I never felt like myself uh, laughing in a way. Um, in comparison to the Heath Ledger performance, and I don't really remember the other two performances of the Joker, so I'm not going to really compare those. Just the way the Joker's written in the Dark Knight is so much more um, uh, wittier, somewhat more charismatic. It's like even though he's he's terrorizing you, he's still quip doing these uh, you know amazing quips right on the dot. Um, I remember laughing watching Heath Ledger, even though you're terrified of him, you're still laughing. For this character, Arthur Fleck, you know this Joker, I. Definitely felt sorry for him in in uh, several scenes and in ways that I didn't feel sorry for the previous Jokers, um, which is definitely good. So it, this movie definitely made me feel something. And I, I remember at one point, there's a point in the middle that I felt, you know, the heartstrings were being pulled. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm starting to feel somewhat teary, but not like to the point where I feel like 100% like, oh, this guy, you know. Um like, I, I really feel sorry for this guy. Like, I never really hit that point. Um, let me see what else we have. The, uh, yeah, I, like I said, the majority of this movie is is 10 out of 10. It's just kind of with the message, kind of a little bit muddled, a little bit with the pacing, that one needle drop. Uh, <laughs> just, that's about it. Um but yeah, so that is basically Joker, non-spoiled. Let's get into the spoiler section. We are in the spoiler section for the Joker. Okay, everybody now. All right. Um, 
What the fuck was going on in the production studio when they decided to put that as the lead song to the final act? I thought I was gearing up to go to a goddamn football game or something like that. I was... I was thrown out of my chair, like, into the next theater. Like, what the fuck just happened? The entire movie is this character, slow burn character study of him doing interpretive dance at some points when he's becoming more Joker-esque. Uh, like, that that's another level. I, I could talk about that. Um, but there was nothing in this movie that felt like that song belonged in there. Like, there was a million different songs to choose from, and that was the last one I would have chosen. That would have been the song that I left on there as a joke or in the bonus features. Or I just felt like that was the last song you needed to have uh, Arthur Fleck walk out on because there was nothing that ever signified that that was his jam or that was, you know... The, I. I really felt like there needed to be like a musical motif narrative through this movie. Like so much of it is uh, reliant on this, you know, intense uh, sound and in, in, in music that plays throughout the majority of the of the uh, of the movie. I felt like it would have helped to counterbalance maybe with some. Uh, I don't know, classical music. I mean, he starts singing at the very end. I don't recall the song, but he starts singing one of the classical songs that I figured that he would have been listening to throughout the whole movie. I felt like this definitely would have benefited from having that musical motif and in a way that would kind of give us, you know, some montage-esque, uh, uh, montage-esque, uh, cinematic movie making in a way you know so that it would kind of give us some rhythm I guess I felt like this movie needed a kick in the butt on the side of rhythm I didn't feel like there was I don't know narrative rhythm if that makes sense I definitely felt like maybe every 20 minutes there was like a mic drop I mean we find out you know his mom's delusional he's uh, on seven different types of meds the uh you know the the state department's closing his uh his meetings so he can't see see anyone to talk his therapist anymore his counselor he's uh in he's fired as a clown he's uh possibly related to Thomas Wayne which uh, which I did say earlier that this was separated from the Bruce from the Batman universe which it is separated from the Batman universe but it's not separated from the Thomas Wayne Bruce Wayne universe <laughs> so there actually is a young bruce wayne in this and um there there's some fantastic scenes when it comes to uh you know arthur fleck and bruce wayne being in the same uh vicinity like it's it's intense like that i really thought he was going to kill a kid at one point and i was like dude this is this is really fucking intense so um yeah uh oh yeah we also find out that whoops uh zazzy beats 
has not been there the whole time. I'm, I, I thought that her character was so underwritten for the entire movie. I was like, this is going to be the biggest, uh, you know, niche. This is going to be the biggest ding for the movie that they underwrote the women characters, which they sort of did. But this is underwritten so that there can be a, a reveal at the end. Um, yeah, so there's that whole uh, time. Murphy Thomas or whatever Thomas Murphy uh it's kind of like the Jay Leno show or it's kind of uh I can't remember the Jerry something something show from the King of Comedy it, I I I tried to watch most of the King of the King of Comedy but I've not finished that movie yet so I do see comparisons between the King of Comedy um and Taxi Driver all we've woven all up in this movie I mean almost multiple shots almost feel like lifted straight from, um, those movies, um, in, in, in similar characteristics of the main characters also are lifted from some of those as well. Um, I mean, Robert De Niro does an amazing job in both of those King of Comedy and Taxi Driver. And it felt like he was, uh, Joaquin Phoenix was channeling both of those within this performance. Um, so, um, the violence, I was told the violence is pretty extreme. It it does feel slightly cartoonish at some points. Um, there's also the, we don't know if he killed Zazie Beats or not, so there's also that. So there's there's tons of things that, um, I don't know, I, I have questions on. Hold on, I gotta get the door. Daggum, Kelly just rolling up in the middle of the stream thinking this is... Some kind of free-for-all deal, Beal steal. I wonder if she can hear me right now. She's in the other room. <sighs> Anyways. Um, we were talking about uh, Zazzy Beats and uh, pretty much the rest of the side cast. Let me, uh, let me pull them up on IMDB real quick. Okay, so we had Zazzy Beats as uh, Sophia Dummond. And Robert De Niro is Murray Franklin, and Francis Conroy as Penny Fleck as his mother, uh, Brett Cullen as Thomas Wayne, Shea Wiggum completely wasted in this uh, as Detective Burke, um, remember him from Homecoming, uh, and Boardwalk Empire as well, Bill Camp, um, we remember him from HBO fame, um, he plays Detective Geardy, and Glenn Fletchler as Randall. Um, and Lee Gill as Gary. Um, Glenn Fletcher, we remember him from, uh, Barry, HBO fame. And, uh, it, we, uh, and also, uh, Boardwalk Empire as well. Um, yeah, he gets bucked up, um, by Arthur Fleck. I will say that was probably the most cartoonish death. I will say there were deaths and what felt like homages throughout this entire movie like the uh the scissors in the eye remind me of the uh the the death and the dark night um let me think uh, i think it's with a pencil let me see what else um there's also frames at the very end with joaquin phoenix and the police car and it very much evoked the heath ledger uh joker as well um what else were we talking about? Robert De Niro as Murray Franklin. I thought he's 
he's used uh, sparingly in a way that uh, one of the same similar characters that were in the King of Comedy, um, what was his name again? Jerry Jerry Lewis played uh, Jerry Langford, and um, you know what? I just realized that there's a lot more similarities to the King of Comedy than I even realized. He, you know, he has kind of that same fixation on, uh, uh, you know, the neighbor or the bartender, which is in the King of Comedy. Is uh, they have the bartender instead of the neighbor. Um, but anyways. Back to uh, the Joker. I will say that the unfolding of the mystery became more and more what felt like ridiculous in a way. Not, not in a bad way, but it did kind of feel like, you know what, um, your mother is crazy. By the way, I'm not your father. By the way, you're adopted. By the way, you're fired. And it, it was just like a, a, the way everything was kind of unraveling for this guy just felt very um, almost contrived in a way. Not, not in a way that felt believable. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. It, mixed feelings about it. it the, the reasoning that I'm kind of conflicted about this movie is because they have this world building of Gotham of how dirty and how there's super rats in the city and shit like that. And it's like, uh, it's just disgusting. And people are tired of the rich kind of controlling things, but it doesn't have a very solidified message in a way that makes sense for um, us as the viewer to be satisfied with. Like, I don't feel like walking out of this movie, I felt like, oh, yes, that's the message. Or, um, oh, yes, that's what I need to be coming away with this from. Because I do feel that even with the most art house of movies, I would say, quote-unquote, art, uh, artsy, artsy-fartsy kind of movies, they still, they might you know, kind of get get up in their own ass about, you know, the crazy colors and, you know, the, the long takes and the long monologues or something like that. But there always seems to be some sort of solidified message at the end that brings it as a cohesive narrative. And what really felt like this movie suffered from was inconsistency in, in the way that it didn't feel like a full consistent narrative of what we were supposed to understand for this guy. I mean, overall, I just understood that this was a story of a crazy guy, but I didn't feel like, oh, that means we got to change the system. Like, that doesn't mean, oh, we got to, you know, uh, check out uh, uh, more mental health institutes and make sure that everything's running smoothly on that end. Or, uh, that type of message. I didn't feel like there really was a message or if there was that it was cut left on the cutting room floor. And I felt like this movie didn't have the cojones to kind of lean in a left or right manner. I, I, it's not like I need a big conservative or liberal message, but I do feel like it was walking the middle so tightly that it didn't feel like they wanted to say anything uh, about 
um, either party, or or it doesn't have to be a political message, but just something about the system. And it felt like it was such a broad mis- uh, uh, mishmash of ideas of, you know, government bad, society bad, you know, like, it just felt like the, you know, angry guy screaming in the sky. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's It's a mixed mass of uh, messages for this movie, but overall great performances. Um, thank you for listening to the Lucky Dog podcast. Check out all the other podcasts coming down the, the Lucky Dog tube or whatever the hell you want to call it, the library, the upload, the cloud, the whoever, the whatever. Um, thank you for listening. Check out all the other links below, paypal.me slash podcast for all donations. And take it easy. I will say that laugh. That laugh was creepy as fuck. I'm gonna be hearing it for a while. Okay, I'm not even gonna do it. I'll work on it for a while, and then I'll come back to you and make sure that it sounds alright. You can say that again, pal. For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed, but I do. And people are starting to notice. You think this is funny? Is this a joke to you? Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? Just some additional things that I wanted to add to the Joker uh, review. Um, I did want to note some of the Joaquin Phoenix performance. His physicality, specifically, apparently he lost like somewhere around 40 to 50 pounds for his uh, physical appearance. I was very impressed by just uh, how he carried himself, not only from... Uh, losing all that weight, but also he's, you know, he's very low muscle, very low uh, fat, very low confidence. And so as the movie continues to progress, you can see how I'm not exactly sure if he gets heavier, but he definitely holds himself more at an upright position. And he kind of develops this sense of confidence that increases with with, uh, uh, as the movie continues. Um, also, the forced laughter that was um, a condition of his that I believe Joaquin Phoenix went and looked up the actual condition of uh, the having forced laughter. I believe there was some sort of movie he looked up specifically that helped him uh, find uh, what the actual thing, what the actual diagnosis is. Um, 
let me see if I can find the disease actually. Uh, pathological laughter slash crying. Pus, uh, pseudobulbar effect. Uh, inappropriate involuntary laughing and crying due to a nervous system disorder. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting the way that they use what is called PBA in cahoots with the character of the Joker. Honestly, it, you know, it, people with PBA probably would have some negative things to say about this character, mostly because they're going to say, you know, if, if I suffered, quote unquote, if I suffered from, you know, involuntary laughter or crying, I would not want to be perceived as being crazy. Um, but I, I do want to say that the performance that Joaquin Phoenix um, gives with the, the forced laughter, forced crying, I mean, even from the first scene, it is, it, it looks physically painful. Um, his shoes at the very end of the movie, I'm going to kind of go all over the place a little bit. These were just some notes that I kind of jotted down that I forgot to mention during the actual uh, original cast. Um, his shoes indicate that he might have killed uh, his counselor or therapist at the very end. Uh, I did think that the way that it was, uh, it, it ended with him um, doing some of these uh, motif songs, um, that it it, it was uh, artfully done, and I really I really liked the visuals of you know seeing just the blood on his shoes as he's running running down the hall, or dancing down the hall, and then running away from. Uh, the doctors uh Wayne the Wayne family deaths um I know a lot of people are tired of seeing the the Wayne family um their death portrayed on screen I know Spider-Man has a major death in his origin story that uh Homecoming was able to kind of just kind of dance around and I don't really understand why they kind of didn't decide to do that I understand it's it's so easy just to dip into the lure of Batman and kind of rely on it more and more as the movie goes on. Um, the more I think about it, I uh, I have mixed feelings on the whole Thomas Wayne sub uh, subplot, um, just as a whole. Um, also, I did talk about the Taxi Driver and King of Comedy uh, similarities. Uh, I wanted to say that they straight up lift full-on plot lines and storylines from uh, Taxi Driver and King of Comedy. And Taxi Driver, the politician, um, there's a politician in there, which essentially in this movie is the Thomas Wayne character. And in the King of Comedy, the uh, they have a comedian, uh, kind of the, the Jerry Lewis comedian, uh, is played by... Uh, Robert De Niro in this Joker movie. So, I mean, they have straight-up characters from almost uh, other Martin Scorsese movies that uh, are, you know, straight-up lifted out of it. And so some of the originality does feel a little bit uh, half-assed, if you want to say it's original. Um, I know that some people will say it's, you know, homages or something like that, similar to what Tarantino does. But, uh, you know, maybe just make it a little bit different. Um I have a feeling they didn't show Zazie Beetz's death and possibly her kids for a reason. 
Um, I'm not. We're still not 100% sure what happened to her. Um, based on the comic books and the killing joke, I believe something pretty terrible happens to her. But um, it's. I guess it was easy for them to just cut that out if that had happened. Um, I will. I do think that we would be looking at this character differently if we had seen that he had killed um, a young woman and her uh, daughter. So, also Zazzy, the character, I think her name was Sophia, also didn't know Arthur's name. I I believe um, they they're never introduced to each other, but she shows up at his door and automatically knows his name, and so. I remember when I was watching that, I was like, whoa, that was weird. You know, that that, that was abrupt almost. Um, but we obviously find out that this was all just an illusion or, you know, a, 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 you know, a fantasy. Um, the credits. The credits at the very beginning felt very classic. The way that they were showing everyone's... Uh, uh, title the name and all of that except for when it came to the main title of the joker it's very bold and covers the entire screen i honestly wish they would have kept the classic uh font looks on the main screen at the beginning i think that uh it's kind of a mismatch having these kind of classical look alongside the uh the big bold joker logo um, or title, and I don't know, just mixed feelings on it. So that was a couple of additional things I just wanted to talk about on the podcast that I originally didn't get to, uh, to talk about the first time. So thank you for listening. Podcast, you already know. Lucky Dog Podcast. Take it easy.